The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the Power of Water, Earth's Human Mission. I'm Sharon Kleina. I'm talking to you out of Southern Oregon. Uh, I'm an Oregonian, and I decided years ago to that if I could spread the mission, the message with the planet and the earth and all that's living here, what's been here and who's gone, that we could all learn to live with the planet possibly. Is it possible that we will, with this radio talk show, the power of water and our lives and our, our health and life or, let's say, passing on death, that we could learn more about living with the planet uh, and because we are the guests here learning to live with the planet and hopefully leaving a footprint for others to learn how to live with the planet too. You know, Earth does have its secrets, but we're going to spread those in this classroom each week with the radio talk, The Power of Water, because you are water. And throughout the world, and we've had guests in here uh, that talked to us when they were in Rome, Holland, Thailand, United Kingdom, and I could go on, and we will have more shows all over the world. Discussing together in our classroom, like we're in a lab studying and learning together, what can we do to make a better place for all life to be eternally here forever? And what could we do to be healthier? What can we learn to discipline ourselves? That we as humans have a mission to do something on behalf of this planet And always remember what I think about. And every once in a while, it's almost like a flashback. I'll go, oh, my gosh. We are the only planet with the water that we know of that was chosen to have the water. But we are water. The planet needs the water. And human life, the moment you were born and you entered in the air you breathe in that delivery room, you were in the dry air for the first time in your life. And inside your mother's water bag uh, uh, that nourished you and protected you and prepared you for the life you're going to live, the brain and the eyes connected together. So once you entered into that delivery room, all of a sudden, can you imagine why the baby might be crying? Shock. A dehydration shock. How would you like to go from being in that water for nine months and all of a sudden the shock? of living in this air that I call too dry. There's a fluid in the air that we must live with every day for all of our lives, for the blade of glass, the blade, pardon me, the blade of grass to live with, every living life to live with, water to live with. There must be water. 
in the air. It's called fluid, moisture in the air, humidity you can't see. It is vital. In my research for 30 years, I learned the indoor conditions are a pit. Forced air, heating and cooling, insulated windows and walls, chemistry in your clothing, your bedding, in your carpeting, in your upholstery. So remember, you've got a lot of challenges, but once you learn individually what you need to do for the moisture level you require, and I will repeat, the moment you were born, you entered in the air, you breathe, and in this classroom, you're always going to hear this. At that moment, your eyelid open, there are no two eyes alike. That's dehydration. There are no two skins on the complexion alike. That's your personal dehydration. There are no two fingerprints alike. That's your personal dehydration. So remember, let's study together. Let's learn together and listen to others who want, like, taking their time away from their busy lives to give us a classroom to learn. And what all you hear, you may have a, a difference of opinion or a difference of knowledge, but listen and go back, go learn after the show is over when you find the time. The Internet offers us enormous amount of wealth of research to go study after we've been listening to what might be. But we're going to live on this earth. It's time we started realizing nature is nature before the chemicals. Nature must be understood about you personally. Then you, if you get desperate, turn to the chemicals. If the doctor says you have to do that, you listen to your doctor, but let's learn about nature together. Today, Aaron Hughes from Elizabethtown, Kentucky, who is the founder president of Harvest uh, Nutrition, is going to be a guest. And I always like to hear what people are learning about how to live uh, with our nutrition and the power of promoting a better health. Our second guest, Michael Framson, is from Medford, Oregon, and we're going to discuss a very favorite topic of all of us, safe drinking, and learn more about it. Uh, we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Missed, No Chemicals, Not an Eye Drop, The Method of Applying an All-Natural Mist at the Eyes to Replenish the Tear Film on the Surface of Your Eye. The tear film is 99% water. You must be replenishing lost moisture once or twice a day, like you brush your teeth and you're learning to protect your skin, you're learning to eat the proper nutrition. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only product on the market globally for natural nutrition, water, just a mist for the eyes. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Aaron Hughes. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Aaron, are you with us? I am, Sharon. Thanks for having me today on your program. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, let's tell our audience, uh, we haven't had you on as a guest before, um, I, you're Aaron Hughes, and you're the founder president of Harvest Nutrition, and you're, you've dedicated your life and obviously money to understanding, uh, with a good investment, the power to heal and promote long-term health. And you have a story of your own before we get into the education. Tell us about you. Absolutely. Well, Sharon, thank you. Um, my name's Aaron Hughes. I'm 26 years old. Um, and I actually fell prey to the lifestyle of processed foods at a pretty early age, I would say. It was when I was 21 years old. It was about five years ago. I'd gone to a two-year Bible college. I came back to my hometown, and I jumped right into a high-stress, uh, high-demand lifestyle. I was working 40 hours a week. I was also uh, volunteering quite a bit on top of that. So as you can imagine, I probably wasn't getting adequate sleep and I didn't spend a lot of time at home preparing my food. Uh, one reason, because I really didn't know how to, as is the problem with a lot of people in my generation. The other reason is I didn't feel like I had time. And I also felt like the foods that I, were, that I was eating weren't that bad. And so I was totally ignorant of what real food and nutrition was all about. And unfortunately, I was on a all-out collision course with some symptoms and some illnesses that were really debilitating. Well, you know what happens, Aaron, too, is uh, we're all guilty as much as I've studied for uh, 30 years and longer, and all of us are human, but when something tastes good, you get a habit of uh, rushing what you're eating and what you're doing, and if it tastes good, and then you get in a little artificial adrenaline going high, and then all of a sudden you're finding, oh, my God, I'm not feeling so good an hour later. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, and what I, what I found um, about six months after I had moved back home and kind of jumped in this high-demand schedule, you know, I was eating processed foods, and then it got to the point where every morning I was drinking an energy drink. I was eating the high-sugar cereal bars. For lunch, I would go to Subway, which I thought was pretty good, but I was ignoring the fact that I was eating a foot long of refined carbohydrates, <laughs> um, washing it down with a you know twenty or twenty four ounce soda, eating chips on Mountain the side. Dew. <laughs> right, exactly. But I was you know quote unquote eating fresh. Uh-huh. I'm not totally against Subway. They I don't think Mountain Dew Company that. planned on people drinking Mountain Dew all day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I run into that a lot with people yeah, I talk yeah. to. But um. Over the course of about six months, I started noticing some things going seriously wrong with my health, and it started with my digestion. Um, and, you know, later I learned that it was candidiasis and overgrowth of bad bacteria in the gut. Um, it started affecting my health in a number of ways, and the doctors that I went to could not, for any reason, pinpoint what was going wrong with my health because they saw a bunch of random symptoms but could not figure out the cause. And I had extreme... Now, repeat what, what, what the a symptom was? What is the diagnosis of the symptom? It was a candidiasis. If you've ever heard of candida albicans, um, it's a yeast-like bacteria that grows in the gastrointestinal tract in your mm-hmm. large and small Now, is your abdomen really. swelling up? Not really, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had, I had abnormal um, digestion and elimination. Mm-hmm. My stomach was upset a lot, and then I started noticing just 
totally feeling drained and fatigued all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, lack of digestion. I think, Erin, there's so little. Um, sure, we have products that are advertising uh, if you want to uh, have a digestion better uh, for your um, body, but we haven't studied it enough. I totally agree with you. Um, digestion can make or break or kill you because it backs up toxin in the body. Absolutely, and that's where a lot of our health starts from. I mean, once we put the food into our mouth and it starts, you know, going through that digestive process, which actually mm-hmm. begins in your mouth with the enzymes breaking it down, that mm-hmm. process is so crucial to our short-term energy and our long-term health. And that's something that I did not realize at the time, at least by, not by the foods I was eating. Mm-hmm. So I started, you know, kind of breaking down over the series of about, you know, three to four months to the point where I had to resign from my job. It took about six months off of work. I had extreme, you know, like I said, fatigue, mental fog. I couldn't concentrate. That I was will do. Very... Yes, and a lack of digestion will. Well, that's why I asked you about the swelling because a lot of the symptoms would be commonly a backup of toxin would cause the body because the body is dehydrating from life to death. And what happens if you're not drinking enough water to keep up with all of that? And the toxin backs up, the swelling of the body means you're not getting enough water, number one, and the weight gain will begin. Then all of a sudden, of course, the body's on overload. You're full of fatigue. But the toxin is backing up so serious that people, you can be even thin and have too much toxin backing up that you're not getting enough elimination, and that's called uh, digestion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, and now um, to go forward, uh, to get so we can get into your knowledge today, uh, what did you start doing that uh, became the nature to, and by the way, you were having a nature's problem, even though it was induced by modern foods and, and your, what you were doing, but you were having a, a nature problem to your body, your health, and you had to solve it with nature. What did you learn to do? Exactly. Well, after I had gotten a little frustrated um, going to medical doctors and trying to treat the symptom, and of course that was a that was a miserable failure. My brother had actually started eating more naturally, eating more organically, and starting to research it. So I just started educating myself. Mm-hmm. I started educating myself on what whole foods are all about. You know, from the whole grains to the to the healthy meats and the healthy dairy, even. And a lot I know some of that's controversial, but going through all the food groups and realizing that for thousands of years there were cultures that subsisted largely on just a few of the food groups. Some of them were mainly plants, some of them were mainly animal products, but when they got it from the source and it didn't go through a lot of our modern processing, they didn't suffer from a lot of the modern lifestyle-related diseases that we see in America. And so that kind of started my journey. I started studying um, from nutritionists like Dr. Weston A. Price, who in the 1930s, he went around to all different areas of the world to isolate it. Now, what was his name, Aaron? It's Dr. Weston Price. Weston Price. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he actually, he was an American dentist in the 1930s who had seen uh, all types of things going wrong with his patients, one of them notably, of course, tooth decay. Well, you know, it's something there real quickly, and I'll get in that real quick, uh, is the gums have been way overlooked, number one, in the saliva and the tongue. Uh, they've asked me to do some research on dent- on the mouth, and and you'll find. And when you were talking earlier about digestion, the saliva has to be healthy too. Right. So what he was finding is something was wrong because you notice it in the gums, you'll notice it in the tongue and the saliva. The dentists see that first before anybody because they can recognize it. Now, okay, he was he sounds like a fascinating person to study. 
Uh, what did he learn? Well, he looked at all these different isolated uh, cultures that didn't suffer from things like heart attack, stroke, and diabetes, mm-hmm. and he noticed that they lived long into old age, and he saw four common denominators among these peoples, and they were that they ate whole foods, number one. Number two was they didn't have any refined flour or refined Now let's, have, uh, let's go back to our classroom real quickly. Define what you mean by whole food to our audience. Well, simply a whole food is something that is the closest possible to the way nature originally intended. Okay. Uh, if you think of, you know, a fruit or a vegetable that grows out of the ground, um, the natural, the most natural possible. Fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, fruit uh, fresh, not out of a can. Right. And, and, right. and from the soil that is grown has to be natural. No pesticides, things like that. The soil is rich, therefore the nutrients in the food are rich, and then our health becomes mm-hmm. rich because of that. Um, so he noticed that. They were eating whole foods from local sources. Um, number two was there was no refined flour or sugar in the diet. Mm-hmm. You know, because It wasn't until close to the 1900s when we even started to see refined flour. Well, you just used a term there, and I've got to go. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. But let's come back and learn what you can teach us about the word refined. Absolutely. Because that word is what changed the diets of sure. making uh, all, when you go to the grocery store, everything in there practically is refined unless it's over in an area that says more organic or naturally grown. Aaron, right. be thinking about that. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing the eyes because the eyes have a clear film, a tear film. That's nature. If the tear film must maintain 99% water, there's never been a product available to supplement the tear film until now. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Missed, and we'll be right back with Aaron. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Aaron, when we, there for a moment, you mentioned a word, and I'm really, uh, we'll do this again sometime, but uh, there's certain words that all of us, and I don't care if you know the dictionary upside and down the other, and you're professional, you've gone, to, and you've got a PhD, and you think you understand um, what is described. But you know, we all have descriptions that have been overlooked to understanding. The word refine 
became a big problem to our society because the more refined, the more preservatives, the more bulk was being uh, shipped all over the world. And rem- we all have to remember, Erin, when the population began to grow, grow and demand began to become demanding, not only for business reasons, but for the, the audience called people who wanted to buy products, became demanding. So individuals who provided certain products, those people would go shop there quicker. Uh, Now we're learning that there's more to be learned about what we're eating. Uh, How are we digesting? Uh, How are we uh, each day able to get up in the morning and have the, like you have on one of your things on here, I look at it, you had a description called Start each day with energize, boost immunity, cleanse and detoxify, enhance and support digestion, and learn more about yourself. Uh, when you talk refined, what is your classroom education here for us today? Well, I guess the best, you know, layman's definition for refined foods is that the good things have been taken out, you know, for a large degree, and bad things have been put put inside the food. preservatives um, and. Absolutely. Make it, a, think about, make it produce it quicker. Make it get more exactly. bulk out there as fast as you can. A lot quicker. It yeah. lasts a lot longer on the shelf life. It's yeah. much more resistant to. Pests. And maybe another one I just thought of, Aaron. And if you put it on your shelf at home, that it has an expiration that will last. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So it'll stay there forever. And also, it's cheap for us, but it's also a high profit margin for the food processing companies. And so what we've seen is the first, you know, I guess the first really popular refined food was refined white flour. And this came along in the late 1800s. And it's really crazy, the process they use today. So you know, flour be, uh, came before sugar? Well, um, I'm not 100% sure if it became, came before refined sugar. I just know that it okay. was the most popular first one. It probably almost came at the same time. <laughs> You're probably right. Because yeah. They came around the turn of the century, and that's when, you know, the industrialization of our food industry really started to kick in. So they were around the same time. And I'm going to be fair to our food industry a little bit, Erin. Um, we people ca- create the demand. You're, and they had, uh, I don't know if they made that much money having to create, uh, provide all of those uh, preservatives and all the different ways of producing it and the massive d- demand and what it costs to get it to the shelf and keep it, uh, no, and get it off the shelf and get the, Get it into the house with a with a lifespan of the expiration date. Uh, the, there's a there's a lot of hidden costs there, but go You're for right. it. And also, I mean, what we're seeing is you know we're learning on both sides. The industry is learning things, and, and consumers are learning things. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the case of refined white flour, just to give you know your listeners an example, is it starts with um, it starts with whole wheat, and then they take eighty percent of the nutrients out when the bran and the germ are removed, mm-hmm. okay? Then they have that remaining, just the starchy grain, the endosperm, and mm-hmm. it's milled at very high temperatures, and that causes something called oxidation, mm-hmm. which in your body can release free radicals, which most people have probably heard of. They, cause, they just cause all sorts of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, once it's milled at those very high temperatures, it leaves it kind of a grayish color. Mm-hmm. So then a lot of times these, um, these bread refiners bleach it white and then they add in extra fortified vitamins, which are often synthetically isolated mm-hmm. or they're chemically produced in a lab. They're not the type of whole food vitamins you get from, say, eating you know, vitamin C from an orange. Mm-hmm. And then the preservatives and the other enhancers are added in. So it makes it to that final 
you know, food product is a far cry from originally what nature intended. Well, I, yeah. Like a whole food. I'm going to sound strange, but it was stripped naked. Right. The exactly. wheat was stripped. Uh, nothing left. Right. Yeah. And so our our bodies do not react good to foods like that. You know, if people are asking, okay, well, what what do I do on a personal level for a healthy diet? And if somebody eliminates the refined carbohydrates, I didn't say all the carbs, just mm-hmm. the refined carbs, you know, they're, they're about winning half the battle right there, mm-hmm. you know, because it causes weight gain, it, it causes blood sugar spikes, it can lead to type 2 diabetes, it can feed that bad bacteria, that candida that I now, talked about. Now, I'm going to add a little thought to your thinking with your studies and, and your research. That Did you hear when I was talking, the moment the baby was born, and the entered in the air we breathe. In fact, there's a fabulous book. Uh, the National Geographic for April is all water, Erin. And you'll turn to one of the pages, and they've got a baby in water, and it says that babies are three-quarters water, and that's a fact. Can you imagine what is happening when the baby is starting to eat refined food? Right. If the baby is getting refined formula, uh, the baby is not drinking water off right out. And I'm, by the way, I'm saying to the world, I believe the baby should start tasting water also, not just milk from the mother or formula, uh, because water is critical. But you can imagine what has happened with the dehydration because of that refined description you just said. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Now, there's when you were talking, uh, have you ever heard of a bread out there, and it's not going to be in your community yet unless you have a Costco, uh, Dave's Bread? Have you seen it yet? I haven't heard of that particular brand. He's, um, up, he's, in, he's over, it's called Dave's Bread, and it's over, it's out of Milwaukee, Oregon, and he, he is baking a bread that you literally, you can pick that bread up and feel the weight. And he puts the seeds in it. They put the all this in it. And it's almost like you could take one day, you could have a slice a day and get a lot out of it. So when you were talking, I was thinking about uh, Dave's bread as becoming, it, Costco carries it now, if you have a Costco in your area. And you can find it on the web. But real quickly, let's go forward and hear what, let's hear what you think about water, though. Uh, I'm hoping I can hear you say that you're also promoting a lot of water to drink. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the least controversial things about our diet. You know, when you think about the fundamental needs of a person, you know, first we need to breathe air, you know, then we need to drink water, then we need to eat food. You know, so I major a lot nutrition. on nutrition, yeah. but also not only, you know, the quality, getting quality water, but also eating water-rich foods. Right. Is another way, you like know, radishes. And now, with your background, have you studied some of the way back in the biblical times, some of the books that offer us the foods they were eating way back then? Absolutely, and that's um, that's a large part of what I base my nutrition. I was wondering on. about it when I read about you a little bit here. If you were basing your na- nature to your studies on some of those books. Uh, on the Bible and the, and the nu- foods uh, and the nutritions and the Bible foods, I think they called one of the books. But what did you learn about, uh, you know, did you hear recently they found this skeleton in, in Africa uh, about, uh, that was like 1.2 million years old? And they b- believe that people, uh, it's been studied that people lived in trees way back in time. Well, you can imagine our originality of our lives, the homo sapiens, our human, the person we became 
through time, if we lived in trees, you can imagine what we were eating uh, uh, to stay alive. So when we get to thinking about research today and and the biblical uh, study of what people were uh, eating for nutrition, you know it wasn't refined food, I don't think, although you may correct me. But You're exactly teach us, right. Teach and, us and about what you were dietary... learning about way back, what, what, what you learned about way back in time. What were they learning then? Well, it's, it's pretty clear-cut and it's pretty simple. Um, the dietary guidelines that were actually uh, put forth in the Old Testament, the Law of Moses to the Israelites, are extremely scientifically sound today. And, you know, you, you still see, you know, whether it's traditional Jews or Messianic Jews a lot, still going by the kosher lifestyle, still going by those traditional dietary guidelines, and they don't suffer from things like inflammation because they don't eat a lot of the refined fats. So they don't suffer from a lot of the same things that come from a highly processed uh, diet, especially the highly processed, like, pork products, for instance. I mean, nitrite-containing hot dogs are one of the worst foods on the planet. That's what they just said, and now it, um, it, 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 they said that a hot dog is very unhealthy. Absolutely. The they did a process. Yeah, they did a study um, of children who had eaten hot dogs, and this was back in the 80s, and it's, it's, it's kind of crazy how more of this hasn't come to light. But back in the 80s, they did a children's study, and kids that ate hot dogs just a few times a month were nine times as likely to develop childhood leukemia when they ate nitrite-containing hot dogs. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you just, you know, the more you read and the more you educate yourself, you know, the more you come to the conclusion that the foods in the way that nature intended them, they not only give you the energy, they taste great, but they also support that long-term health. And whatever, you know, food groups that you're focusing on, whether you're trying to cut down on carbs or cut down on a lot of the fats or things like that, you know, when you get the quality source foods from all those different food groups, it's benefiting your body in so many ways. And then you don't have to keep yourself in a trap of counting calories or points. Well, one thing I teach, too, is on the weekends when you want to go shopping, go nutrition shopping with a list for nutrition purposes. Take your log with you and... And I've had people say to me, Erin, uh, what did you do today? And I said, I went nutrition shopping. And I do that every weekend, um, add to my list of things that I need. Now, we don't have a lot of time left, and we're going to have you on because you're very good at educating us. Tell us about your company. You did found, you're a founder of a company that decided to add some new thinking on uh, nutritional needs. Absolutely, Sharon. Well, I mean, after going through this process, you know, after – really getting committed to a whole foods lifestyle and eating things like fermented foods and supplementing with a few key whole food supplements, I got better within a few months. And it was amazing. I mean, I felt better than before I even got sick. So I decided to start Harvest Nutrition, and uh, you can find my information at Harvest Now it's called Green Food. Is that just a product? Yeah, green food is actually my brand. Um, it's my branded product. It's a green. So, if they went to, how would they find you on the web to study with you? They go to harvestnutrition.com. Harvestnutrition.com. Okay. Correct. And if they sign up on my email newsletter, I will send them a free ebook. I'll send them free MP3s just to kind of help them continue their education in health and nutrition. Um, but also there's information there on green food, which is my first supplement under the Harvest Nutrition brand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all whole foods. It's over 20 of the Earth's best, most nutrient-dense superfoods on the planet. And that comes in a powder great. form? 
Yeah, it comes in a powder form. You mix it in water. You mix so they can go to the website. I'm so sorry we're out of time, but we've got a lot of good classroom information here. People can come to harvestnutrition.com with Aaron Hughes. Uh, Aaron, they're going to be able to study with you. I always try to get people to pretend like they're living in a, in a classroom every day with their health. Absolutely. Well, you, I want to thank you for joining us today, and we'll do this again, and we'll pick out a subject that maybe we could dive into, And because you're a very good teacher. You brought up a lot of uh, new information and reminded us some of some other information that we may have forgotten, too. All right, I want well, to thank you so for joining for me, Karen. And thank you. You have a nice day. You too. And be well, Aaron. You too. Bye. Well, Aaron Hughes is full of information. And you know what I found, audience, many times? That the guests we have on, whether they're heading the Yellowstone National Park or they're a physician or organic farming or they're Aaron Hughes or whoever, they started out in something in their life that led them to the, what they did by whatever reason you and just remember, our guests are the most unusual, fantastic people I have ever met. If anything made this show to go potentially all over the world, it's going to be the special people that we bring in as your guest, my guest, and give us an education. And reminder, many times I've hung up and thought, you know, I'm going to think about that, and then I'll go to my little logbook and think about my own health and write down what I need to learn for me. Uh, I need to be healthy. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing your eyes. You know, your eyes need nutrition, and what are you doing for them? I know nothing unless you have Nature's Tears Eye Mist next to your hands to, to be able to lift with just a sweep and just a mist to nutri- give your eyes, the nutrition, your eyes the nutrition they require. It's new. It'll be there forever. You need it like I do, once or twice a day with just a mist. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Mist, and we'll be right back with Michael Framson. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Michael, are you with us? I am. Well, thank you for joining me today. Um, I'm reading about you. 
Um, you're from Medford, Oregon, and you've been involved with Safe Drinking Water uh, since 1996, and you were one of the individuals who joined together and coordinated the 2007 Water uh, Oregon Physician Statement uh, to uh, do better, more research about fluoride, fluoride water and the infants. Correct. Yeah, I'm. Um, I, I've been studying water for 30 years, and understand quite a bit, but I want to hear from, how did you start this, Michael? You know, our guests that we bring on from all over the world uh, all have a personal reason they do things. It's just really interesting. Uh, Whether you be the head of the Yellowstone National uh, Park System or Forest, that person I found did from childhood wanted to do something like that. How did you get involved with studying this? Uh, Well, what opened my eyes to my own naivety really was my concern about vaccinations. That was the door that got opened. And I, once I realized that I was very ignorant of too many critical issues, I, you know, once your eyes are opened, all you have to do is look around and you see other areas that are troubling and, um, uh, any direction you look, and for me, uh, the next direction that I looked at was uh, fluoride and fluoridation, and um, that was in the kind of the mid '90s. And I was very disturbed by what I was reading, and, and really what I was largely ignorant about. Mm-hmm. So that's now. Where what it did began. you learn when your research team went in and studied that? Uh, what did you learn? Uh, I do know fluoride was put into water systems because the decay and generations was out of control, and actually it was before they did have refined foods. A decay was not, um, uh, people were not taking better care, good care of their health, or their dental um, health. And I do know when the inv- toothbrush was invented, they probably said, Michael, this could prevent cavities. Now we've learned that the toothbrush does prevent cavities if you're brushing properly. So fluoride, to you, what did you learn about the fluoride that was causing problems? Well, uh, there's not enough time to cover everything, but I will tell you this. That we'll do this again if you have some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a very important educational segment for us here. Absolutely. The, the history of, of fluoridation is probably one of the most sordid chapters and, and public health. Uh, it has been controversial from day one. Uh, the studies that were that we have been relying on are have been so methodically flawed that they are almost to the point of being worthless. I will tell you this, that there are many people before me who paved the way for the knowledge that I have, so I'm just picking up the ball mm-hmm. that other people before me in, in Southern Oregon and around the world. Uh-huh. And, um, and just, on, just on fluoride in general, you can have perfectly healthy teeth without being exposed to fluoride. And there are dentists that say that make that statement. Hardy Lineback is a dentist in Canada. And for years, he refused to really look at the literature which showed the the potential adverse effects of being exposed to fluoride. And children and infants, um, just because of their age and weight, are at the most concerned f- from the um, potential toxic effects of fluoride. You've got to keep this in mind. If fluoride is more toxic than lead, 
and slightly less toxic than arsenic. Now, where would they go, do you, by chance, and if you don't, they can look it up, where would they go to look up the uh, formulation of fluoride? Well, uh, well, for one, fluoride is, uh, is naturally occurring, but if, if, you're, if the question is what is it that are they using in drinking water... Okay, there we go. How, uh, what would they look up? Uh, uh, well, let me give fluoride you... Fluoride and okay, drinking water. Okay, so the Fluoride Action Network... FAN, F-A-N, if you Google FAN or you Google Oregon Citizens for Safe Drinking Water, you will uh, find the information regarding the 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 primary chemicals. Yeah, Uh so the the primary chemicals used for fluoridation are uh, uh, sodium fluoride or uh, uh, hydrofluoric uh, acid, and Uh both of those chemicals are... um, from the waste stream of industry. They are in an industrial waste product that are... That well, did you, when you were tapping into that, um, and I've done a little tapping into it way back in time because I've studied water for so long, I was determined that the pipes are the... I mean, what can you do? Your water's got to come through a pipe, but I found that the pipes are not healthy. Um, well, that's especially true on, on the uh, hydrofluorosilicic acid because mm-hmm. what they have found when they looked at children's blood lead lead levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the lead, if, of, the if they, lead of the baby's blood? Yes. If, uh, and not just babies, uh, but young children. When they okay. analyzed, I think it was almost a half a million children, they found that if you lived in a uh, community that fluoridate, fluoridated its water with uh, the silicic acid uh, mm-hmm. broth, that they would have higher lead levels than if they used, let's say, sodium fluoride. And what mm-hmm. they what they suspect, there's two possibilities. One, it's that it's leaching lead out of the pipes, or somehow it's uh, working through the gut to concentrate the lead, and that's where the lead would ultimately end up in their, uh, at higher levels in their blood. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but the, the product that is added to the drinking water uh, is contaminated with lead, arsenic, mercury, cadmium. And, and in Oregon... They have tried, the legislature has tried to mandate fluoridation. Oregon is one of the least fluoridated states. And if you just look at the contribution that, of arsenic, which is a contaminant in the fluoride chemical, that research has shown that in Oregon there would be five additional cancer deaths just from the arsenic contaminant that is in the fluoridation chemicals. How are we going to choose which five people are going to uh, succumb to cancer from the arsenic contribution? This product is We have a situation, Michael, and I want to get you into something here uh, forward. On the earth is in a water crisis. You know that. You've been yes. studying, I'm sure. And uh, there's absolutely been no news media attention to it. This radio talk show will be the news media attention. We're going to pay our dues earn our way to earn respect in the media to discuss the controversy of water and, and the water wars and, and what's going on all over the world. I mean, they're not discussing it. And yet human life, if there's a water crisis going on, human life is going to have a health crisis. Uh, we had great forefathers on, in our world that invented things. Invented, uh, one time, at one point, they were having a energy crisis and they wanted to be smarter and they invented insulated windows and walls 
Well, there's no, you've got to have moisture in the air to breathe. But if you have insulated windows and walls and all your buildings and your homes, how's the body going to breathe? Because we're not drinking enough water already to keep up with the dehydration since birth because the baby was born being three-quarters water. Then we came along and we invented uh, forced air heating and cooling. What would that do? Pull moisture out of the air. Then we came along and we invented uh, all of these things. We had pipes. But then we started inventing things to put through the pipe that could cause a severe uh, corrosion and problems that they hadn't studied enough. What, our, what I'm saying is, is our lives have to use some common sense too, Michael, like you're doing. We need to be proactively learning. When we get out of bed every day and touch the floor, I don't care if you're living under the bridge, in a park, in your home, wherever you're at. You've got to touch the floor and begin a day thinking, what makes me feel better today? Not with chemicals, but with nature. Uh, writing a log of what we need to learn and what we need to do and leaving the footprint of if we learn something, maybe that will help someone else. Now, water is the key to all life on earth. Without it, you die. Absolutely. You're, you're, in, you're influencing us today to start studying more about the fluorides and what they're putting in our water to filter them or uh, the pipes. And I did learn, Michael, in 30 years of study, the sad part about the pipe. We, I mean, how you've got to get it in the water through to somewhere. But we haven't thought it out. Um, I decided that uh, the body, uh, the skin, and outside the body, we're not getting enough moisture because the air is too dry with where we're standing and sleeping and working more commonly indoors in that pit called insulation. Well, let me try to address, I think, the the broader point that you're making about the necessity of water. I think uh, I remember maybe 10 years ago the United Nations basically declared that the access to safe, uncontaminated drinking water was a basic human right. And when you look at fluoridation, I mean, fluoridation can can be summed up that it's ineffective, unreliable, unsafe, unscientific, unethical. And one of the, uh, it's so demonstrably unethical is that it violates the, the, our notion of informed consent. Nowhere do we take a drug that's never been approved, safe and effective, add it to the drinking water to force everyone to drink every day for the rest of their lives, regardless of how much water we drink. There are some people out there that drink up to five liters of water a day, and there's some that drink, you know, a, a fifth of that. So there's this... Are they drinking safe water? Well, in my opinion and in the opinion of the uh, national EPA scientist who in the early, or actually in the late 90s, they issued a white paper. The, the union of scientists at the Environmental Protection Agency have come out strongly against fluoridation and that it violates their mandate to make water safe. And what they have found is that fluoride increases bone pathologies, is that a, it's a risk for cancer. They found research uh, in 2006, the National Academy of Sciences did a report on fluoride in the drinking water, which shows that it impacts the brain, the, the endocrine system, thyroid, well, what the you're finding and What they're finding in research there, Michael, maybe is what I learned, is if people can be allergic to nuts, allergic to milk, allergic to 
some meats and they're allergic to the air, like having allergies, of course they're going to be in time. Maybe research will prove and, and they can be allergic, being allergic to their water. Yeah, allergic. Uh, the uh, having a uh, an allergic response to fluoride is well do- documented in the scientific literature. Exactly, they're they're a living organism, and you don't know which one they'll be. It's like I have to tell you, just one example, and it's sad. One time there was this little girl who was allergic to nuts, and the family had done fabulously that she was allergic to nuts. All of her friends were knew it. Everybody knew it. She was in her teens and coming along. And one time she went, it was at the carnival, and everybody ordered the candle, candy apple with the nuts around it. She said, no, I don't want the one with the nuts. And, Michael, they, they do the candied apple with peanut oil. And you know what happened. Right, right. Well, we don't know. And that's the challenges that yeah. I run up against with what I try to bring to education is we need to get to know uh, our babies when they're born. They're, they were, came from water. They were living in a bag of water. They entered in the air we breathe. In fact, in, have you gotten the National Geographic, Michael, for April? No, I haven't. This issue is all water. All water. Well, my, uh, I, uh, my concern about water is uh, like yours. I, am, um, I see it as the, if, you don't, if you don't have access to water, you, you're going to be hurting. And uh, we well, need Michael, to protect Michael, 1.2 billion people don't. Right, right. 2 point and, billion and better don't have access to water or sanitation. And the irony is, is that in, in many places in the United States who have great water like we do in southern Oregon, here it is that they want to take an industrial waste, most likely either from China or Florida, and add it to our drinking water. And, we're, you know, here's this chemical that is not allowed that the EPA says, you cannot take this chemical and release it directly into the water supply, and yet you can take this chemical, sell it to a city, and they can pass it through your kidneys, and then it can end up in the drains and in the wastewater. It's just ludicrous, this, the whole concept of fluoridation. And what people really, the takeaway message is that when you, in, in the year 2000, there was the York Review. The York Review looked at 60 years of fluoridation science, and their conclusion was that there was a dearth of reliable evidence to support the safety or efficacy of fluoridation. And a lot of times you'll hear people that promote fluoridation, they will say, well, it, it, present, it prevents uh, uh, 15 or 20 percent uh, of the cavities. Promoters of fluoridation use percentage numbers because it inflates the significance of that, uh, of that effort. You have to realize that when they really look at cavity rates yeah. between fluoridated communities and unfluoridated communities, the difference is less One than thing 1%. we are also learning, too, Michael, and we only have about a minute and a half left uh, for you and I here, but the one thing we're learning is that you've learned is you must drink safe water every day without every day. chemicals. Right, and the right. other one, an 8 to 10 glasses. By the way, Michael, did you know that's not, that there's not one glass of water on the national nutrition chart? We're going to have to all do something with that one. <laughs> I know. Um, and then yeah. the other one is we're learning that fresh fruit and fresh vegetables and uh, green vegetables uh, are becoming very important to healthier teeth and healthier right. uh, energy and, DJ, uh, high, um, and right. uh, digestion. Well, well, we only have about a minute left. Would you like to leave the audience with 
what you would like them to go to learn and come to a site where you could there's a uh, education for them. Well, or if you're in Oregon, there's the Oregon Citizens for Safe Drinking Water, and really, it's well, our citizens. We our people are from all over the world on the air. So who, where, where would they so they can go to the site? Your site is what? What's the web address? Michael, I'm here. Okay, uh, what is your web address for people to come to? Uh, actually, uh, I don't know, but if you Google Oregon Citizens for Safe Drinking Water, you okay. will uh, find that place. And if anyone wanted to read a book, one book that will kind of tell it all, it's The Fluoride Deception by Chris Bryson. Excellent, excellent book, okay. but you're going to be disturbed uh, as you read it. <laughs> okay, and that's what we're here to do is learn uh, what, if there's some of the knowledge that's available for us to make decisions. Knowledge is power. Power. Well, thank you for joining us. I wish you well, and you keep up the good work, and we'll bring you on for education again. I'll go have a glass of water to celebrate. You better have a glass of water. Great. You be well. You too. Thank you for being Uh, with us. Bye. Well, all over the world, there is a situation crisis going on about water, and we're learning that water is a number one issue. This show is going to make the point. Uh, we're having water wars all over that are not being understood in Yemen and Kenya and, and um, India and China. And there's another one in Maui. And it says in, in the Wall Street Journal recently, it says a fight for Maui's water. Native farmers want to reclaim flows long diverted by sugar plantations and others where the flow of the water was changed. That we need to learn more about what is happening to our Earth's water, the power of water, then we need to understand your own proactiveness about your personal health. Are you drinking 8 to 10 glasses of safe water a day? Are you eating your green, dark vegetables, fresh, your fresh fruit, and what you need to, what you're trying to drink and eat each day? I'm going to not say a thing against any of the sugar drinks or the sodas, but I will say only this. They're all in business to satisfy you. If you start showing a dissatisfaction with too much sugar, they will give you anything you want to be healthier because that will be create more sales. They're doing it in the schools right now in the United States. More sales, uh, more is going into the vendor machines, getting away from those sodas. Uh, because of the sugar is very dehydrating. Remember, sugar heats you up, gives you a high, and drops your blood sugar. Anything cool and refreshing and water gives you a cool, cools you off, and gives you energy. Remember, you need to be proactive. Earth does have a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. Your life is special. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye because you're going to leave a footprint and teach us all something that is so important for how important this planet is and all of us living together. That's going to come from you because you're going to learn more. And I hope our, the Sharon Klein Hour, the power of uh, water, will teach you more about how special you are and being proactive. I want to thank you for listening and be well.
Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Thank you.